Good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet. I'm here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Patty is late. Patty Fink is very late this very week. Late. She'll be on next week. Mm-hmm. Um, did we decide that? We did. You're taking, that. you're taking that next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, our guest today is Lorenzo Sanchez. He is running for Texas House District 67 up in Collin County, uh, running against Jeff Leach. And I have to do this before we get into it. Um, we invite Jeff Leach to come on the show also. Uh, so uh, if anybody from the campaign is listening, uh, you are certainly welcome to come on Lambda Weekly. Love to, um, love to talk with you. Yeah. Uh, now, Lorenzo has been endorsed by the LGBT Victory Fund. Denise Parker, who's the CEO of Victory Fund, she's been on our show before. Um, she called Lorenzo's story just compelling. And I've spoken to Lorenzo, and it is. Lorenzo, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, we're delighted to have you. Um, your story is compelling. Tell us. <laughs> it's funny that everyone says that because, you know, when you start off, you definitely don't think that your story has much value. But then you start to realize, you know, the importance of making sure that you are telling your story and how important it is because it fits in the bigger, you know, puzzle of, of, of our society. Um, so I, I was raised by a single mother, born in Chicago. Uh, she was having a very difficult time trying to be able to afford uh, to keep me and my sister in a private school because uh, she felt that that was, you know, the safest place for us. And I wasn't raised in a really uh, great neighborhood, so she decided that, you know, she was going to follow one of her brothers down to Texas, uh, where he said that the schools were amazing, and, you know, I, I basically am able to do what I am doing today because of the sacrifices that my mother made uh, for me and my sister. And then also the sacrifices that so many within my community made to help to make sure that I would learn the information I was going to need to be successful in college, to be a successful small business owner, and now to go and try to represent the community uh, down in Austin. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, so have, have you already have you always had political aspirations, Lorenzo? No, never. I was not something that I ever could have imagined I'd be doing. I think maybe if you asked uh, people who knew me, they could have maybe seen it a little bit more than I thought myself, just because I was so passionate about uh, topics and, and making sure that we were organizing people in order to get things done. Um, I've always been a problem solver. I've always been a hard worker. You know, my mother worked two jobs to get me through school. Uh, I worked two jobs to get myself through school. It's always been in my nature. I come from, you know, grandparents that were farm laborers. And I I, I want to bring that work ethic with me uh, to the legislative body. But I, I think the thing that really uh, spurred me to run after the 2016 election is just feeling like I'm, I'm tired of, of, of seeing my community be taken advantage of. And I'm tired of the divisiveness. Uh, that only is trying to divide people, and it really does absolutely nothing to solve any of the actual problems that people are facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I am uh, problem-solving oriented. That's where that's where I want to go and, and spend those sleepless nights in Austin to make sure that I am paying attention to everything that's going on in my community and getting the work done that they so desperately need. 
Um, now, you wouldn't be the first gay person running in Collin County, but if you're elected, you would be the first gay person elected in Collin County. Yes. Well, I'd although be the first openly gay man of color um, in the state. So uh, I think there's only been one openly uh, gay male who uh, Glenn Maxey down in Austin is in past uh, <laughs> legislatures. Uh, he, was, he was there, but I, I would be the only openly gay male serving in the Texas legislature if I am the only one elected. I believe there is also there's another uh, one running. My friend, yeah, down in Corpus Christi, uh, Eric, and I would uh, ask everyone to go and check his campaign out as well. Uh, he has a really, really good shot if we start paying attention to some of these races where uh, we don't think that they're hyper-competitive, that those are going to be the kind of people that are going to be able to pull off upset wins. I, I really do believe that. And he's running a really strong campaign down there, a very, very smart individual, um, very, very charismatic, very energized to, to go and uh, be a change to his community, too. So we're kind of... Um, running similar campaigns mm -hmm. in different areas of the country, but we're both trying to achieve the same thing. I, I don't know the actual number, but I, know, I think since 2016, the number of LGBT candidates running for office nationwide is more than like doubled. Mm -hmm. So it, um, it's not as much of an issue as it used to be, though it still is in some places. Um, and I don't know, Plano is, you know, uh, Collin County is kind of seen as this really conservative place. Ha has it been made an issue for you so far? Not really. You know, everyone has their opinions of what should be said and what shouldn't be said and, you know, how you should behave. Um, but that is the circumstance for, for anybody. You know, we know that a lot of uh, women candidates who, who decide to run are also, you know, faced with those kind of things. But I think the, the real impact has been my age, um, that people perceive that maybe I'm too young, although I believe I'm around the same age as, as the current representative. Um, and an incumbent, but you know, that and, and probably you know, the fact that I don't look like the typical politician uh, so, you know, I am Latino and, and, and I have experienced uh, you know, people you know, making comments about you know, making sure I, I, I shave my facial hair constantly, even though like I said, the current incumbent also has a full-on um, mustache and beard but you know I, I guess being a little bit darker people want you to to, to make sure you keep it cleaner I, I'm not sure what it what, what it is but everyone has their opinion uh, the, the LGBTQ uh, plus you know a queer member of my community has not really been an issue if anything I believe it has inspired people to join our campaign we have so many uh, individuals that are a member of the community that are fighting, making sure that, that we get this one. And we know that even UTD here in my uh, district is one of the best uh, universities uh, for LGBTQ youth to attend. So uh, we are uh, really, really proud of that fact and we wanna make sure that our legislator now is also uh, proud of that fact and making sure that we're taking care of everybody and, and addressing the needs of the community. Do you know, we're talking about electing the first openly gay man in over 30 years. Well, in, in 30 years. I think Glenn was elected in 1990. Um, 
and, and there hasn't been one since then. And now we have this flood of gay candidates, which I think is great. We have five members of the LGBT caucus right now. Mm -hmm. uh, each of them is different, identifies differently. One is pan, one is bi, one is lesbian, one's a gay woman, and one's a big old dyke. That's their terms for themselves. That's their terms. We, we, we verify that. Big old dyke has been on our show. We love her. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so well, the others. Um, and they're all women. But we have five women. Right. Now we have two men running. We have a trans woman running west of Austin. We have two lesbians running in Houston. So we could double the size of the caucus. I love that. Yeah, that too. I love that. Um, yes. You know, it's not your big issue. But there is a uh, bill that... Um, Jessica Gonzalez is planning on introducing, uh, and it's a complete not pan non-discrimination bill. It, it it covers everything. It's uh, housing, uh, accommodations, uh, jobs. Even though we won that one in a court case, you can legislate that also. Um, what am I missing? Uh, your, did you say public accommodation? Public accommodations, yeah. uh, housing, and jobs. Yeah. The, those are the three big ones. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll sign on to that. Yes, day one, definitely. We are. Uh, we, we, we've been keeping our eyes on uh, that, that bill that has been introduced almost every legislative session. I know some things get added on to it. Uh, that we've been following it. We know that she's going to be presenting it, and we believe that those are Texas values. Equality is a Texas value. Uh, we believe in individual freedoms. We love our neighbors. And I believe that this is uh, something that is long overdue. And I think it's going to be also great for the business community, which has already, you know, referenced the fact that they want to make sure that their employees aren't being discriminated against and have good qualities of life uh, where they're choosing to, to locate themselves. You know, your race has been... Um dubbed one of the most winnable races, actually, in the state. Um, polling is showing that you're very close uh, to each other, and um, Leach is vulnerable. How has the district changed in the, is it eight years that he's been in office? Yes, but I think he's trying to, to get his, his eight years in now. Uh, but, yeah, the district has just grown there's explosive growth. A lot of companies have relocated their headquarters somewhere around Collin County. So that's, you know, driving growth everywhere, even in pockets where, you know, you don't think that they can build any more houses and all of a sudden there's, you know, 200, uh, some popping up in, in, in a little corner somewhere that they found. And, you know, it's highly educated, uh, but it's very diverse. And, and, and I believe that for a long time, uh, my competitor and his uh, party were really just promoting this, you know, we're good for the economy, we care about the community, we're going to keep you safe. And now people are starting to realize that that is not the case. Uh, they didn't have a plan for COVID. They don't have a plan for COVID. If it continues to, to increase, if we start seeing the mortality rates go up in the fall, there is no plan on behalf of our county, federal government, and state government right now. So, you know, they can see that. And then, you know, just when I talk about the diversity, then you have a representative who's pushing bathroom bills, who's pushing anti-immigration bills, um, who's pushing anti-Muslim bills, anti 
women's reproductive rights. Uh, I mean, you name it. These, these are the things that he's been pushing for in a very educated area, in a very diverse area, in a very loving area. And, and, and people are seeing through it now and they want change. They want someone who they know they can trust uh, behind closed doors in Austin. And they want someone who's, you know, not going to be politically pandering to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, not them not having a plan for COVID, but because of COVID, you can't campaign like in a normal year. Um, for the national candidates, I don't know that that makes a difference. They have a lot of money. They have hundreds of millions. You don't have that much, do you? No, not hundreds of millions. But they have hundreds of millions of dollars, so they can flood the airwaves with ads. And quite frankly, Laron, did you see Obama when he ran for office? You like in person? Yeah, yeah, twice. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Well, there goes that. Okay, Josh said he didn't. I guess I did see Obama once in person, and I saw Hillary twice in person. But that's not the usual thing. That's not. Um, I think most people decide from the TV ads. So it, it doesn't matter as much. But local campaigns, are, door knocking is the heart of it. How do you substitute uh, for door knocking to just get in somebody's, you know, in front of somebody uh, at their house and say, I want your vote? And lots of times people will say, I'm going to vote for him. Nobody's ever asked for my vote f- before. Right. I guess you could still do it. I mean, I, I'll let you answer Lorenzo, but I guess you could still do it as long as you put a mask on and s- step six feet away from the door after you knock. Yeah. Some people, some campaigns are definitely still doing it. We had the largest group of volunteers in the history of our county for a Texas House race. So that's including, you know, those uh, congressional races that are much more uh, sexier than mm-hmm. the Texas House races. And, and that's the kind of system we had built. We knocked on more doors than any other campaign had before us in Collin County um, before the pandemic hit. Ah. So we, we took it really, really hard. I mean, that was our, our, our bread and butter, like I like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out there knocking on doors, you know, hundreds a week uh, to make sure we were getting it done. Uh, but it, it, it's been really difficult. You know, the budgets have definitely had to increase everywhere because, you know, block walking it is almost free if you get the literature uh, donated to you. And uh, we focused on, you know, we stopped block walking. We transitioned our campaign into a resource for COVID. So we were having volunteers call. Really, uh, like, we, we made volunteers into precinct chairs or captains, and they would be calling the same 100 people writing postcards to the same 100 people um, to try to build that community, to try to build that relationship with people, of letting them know that we're here, um, you know, and we're here to provide resources as well um, to people or at least get them connected in the right direction uh, Mm -hmm. for any of their questions. And and now we're still going to be flip-flopping. We don't have any guarantee that we will be door-knocking there is precinct chairs within our district who are going to be door knocking um, and we are going to provide them with literature so they could get the vote out um, that we're also asking people just to be really safe when they're doing it um, we know that right now our numbers here in Collin County are continuing to increase steadily while we see the state numbers uh, decrease steadily 
and it's a big concern for me and, and for the doctors in the area who are asking us uh, to try to make sure that we are keeping socially distanced and avoiding uh, crowds and, and, and trying to, to be as careful as possible. Uh, but it meant we had to do everything else at 100% uh, since we cannot you know, do what we feel is the most effective need of reaching people. So that just means a lot more commercials, a lot more digital, um, a lot more phone calls and, and text messages, uh, which also cost money um, compared to, you know, lid dropping. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know, I was talking to um, Gina Ortiz-Jones, who's running for uh, Congress, but she has one of the largest congressional districts in the country. She's running in a district that runs from El Paso to San Antonio. So she has to get her message out on the air in two languages in at least five markets. Wow. That's how, yeah. long, how large the district is. The district is bigger than I forgot how many states. Yeah, that's a pretty large yeah. district. So... Um, at least you have one compact district. Some of the House districts are also sprawling and gerrymandered. And let's talk a little bit about gerrymandering after the break, um, because who is elected to the House determines who gets to gerrymander or create the new districts uh, after the census is done. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Lauren Landis. And our guest is Texas House District 67 candidate Lorenzo Sanchez. More with Lorenzo right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here with Lauren Landis. And our guest is Lorenzo Sanchez. He is running for Texas House District 67, which is up in Collin County. Um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about gerrymandering and why uh, your vote for a Texas House seat determines who you'll send to Congress even. Uh, do you want to explain what's going on there? Yeah, thank you. This is such an important topic for, for everyone's mind. And especially given, you know, the recent events that took place this weekend or uh, on Friday, uh, we see the importance now even more than ever to make sure that we are taking care of our democracy and really protecting that. But these Texas seats are just so important this year because redistricting happens. Um, We are nine seats away from flipping the Texas House. All nine of these seats were won by Beto O'Rourke in 2018. So we know we have the Democrats in the district. Uh, we just need to make sure that they get out and vote and vote all the way down the ballot. These races in Texas are, you know, if there was a Princeton uh, Moneyball review that came out and said, if gerrymandering is your issue, uh, they're released a list of the most important seats that will have an effect on gerrymandering. And we are number four in the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top five are all within Texas. These are all seats that came within two and a half points of flipping in 2018, including ours. And it's just so important that we get it done this year. Uh, we still will have a Senate more than likely that will be controlled by uh, the Republican Party. We still have a Republican governor um, in, in Greg Abbott, but we know uh, that we need to have Democrats in the room. These maps cannot be getting drawn behind closed doors where we have no say. And, and we need to, to, to be there to make sure that we draw their maps if we want to 
continue to encourage people to get involved in the political process and let them know that the you know cards haven't already been stacked against them before they even get started. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before about can a gay man win in Collin County? Well, last election, Lori Birch was running for Congress, and she lost by about two points. Yeah, it wasn't big. It, it was Mark Farris, who was running for the Senate. He won. He lost, rather, by just about one point. So Yeah, and Mark Farris actually won House District 67 oh. um, in, his, in his Senate race. So, so a gay man can absolutely win mm-hmm. here in Collin County, and especially in House District 67. And like you said, it hasn't been much of an issue. It's interesting. A couple of places around the country I've been watching some races where it has been an issue. Uh, Somebody won his primary this week in Delaware, uh, and he did a drag show to raise money for his campaign. His opponent was criticizing it. The opponent who criticized him doing a drag show is the one who got the criticism, and the drag queen won by 61%. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not suggesting you're a drag queen or not that there's any problem. <laughs> but you know what? you got to do what you got to do. But, I, but I'm saying it's, <laughs> yeah. it's well, just not an issue. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so I, I don't believe that, that it is here. And I mean, I'm sure they will make it an issue. Um, but I was kind of raised in, in, in a very, you know, like I have a thick skin when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I don't want violence against me or, you know, um, anybody within my community um, or just anyone in general uh, to fall against them. But, yeah, it hasn't been, um, not yet at least. Mm-hmm. And I'm really thankful for that because uh, then it adds a whole other element of, of responsibility um, in the way that I have to respond to certain attacks and, and things like that. And I think that the people are so fed up right now that if it were to become an issue, I think we would probably have a similar reaction here. No one cares uh, when, you know, we are losing jobs. No one cares when we have a health care crisis. And no right. one cares, you know, when we are worried that we're about to, you know, really have a fight on our hands with the Supreme Court. Yeah, um, yeah. We we barely mentioned Ruth Bader. Ginsburg. Well, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Okay, we'll do um, that after the break. Um, I, I, I'm always in awe of um, candidates who've run who are running for the first time because it's such an overwhelming um, thing to take on. You know, whether it's the fundraising, um, getting out, knocking on doors, um, it's a lot. So, have there been any? Um, What's been the biggest surprise for you uh, throughout this campaign so far? I mean, everything. You know, you have this plan going in. And I had uh, things happening in my personal life, too, which, you know, is even beyond the point. We got into a, I got into a pretty bad car accident on the way to an event with one of my volunteers. Ooh. Um, but, you know, those kind of things, just you have to keep going. Um, you know, when we got into this race to go and bring real representation to my community that I love so deeply and that my family lives here and and my friends that were in school with me are now teachers so I'm running for them Uh, COVID was a big big shock obviously Um, you know just some of the attacks that came out against me early on uh, you know based upon my my race Uh, and you know it, it was just very 
uh, disappointing in, in those men. But, but I, I think that has been, uh, you know, probably the friendships I've made. I'm really, really good friends with both of my primary opponents. So Will Steele goes where Hernandez, excellent candidate. Um, I really do believe that we split a lot of the vote and we uh, knew that we were going to be close to each other and, you know, had already promised to support each other. Mm. Uh, but the way that she supported me is so similar to, like, just the way, you know, my sister has always been with me. Uh, that's, not, that's awesome. Yeah, mm. it, and it has been, it's been awesome. So that has been great. But everything else has just been, you know, 2020. Well, maybe she'll get. Maybe time. she'll take that seat after you uh, go for Congress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you know, something else. Sometimes I I say that you know if you don't get something, um, it's because you have better things uh, coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And, and I truly believe that for for both her and Anthony Lowe, um, I, I believe that they're going to do amazing things. And I is actually really weird because I. I mean, I'm doing it maybe for the right reasons, and that's why I feel that way, but it felt good to see that so many people care and, and to step up. When I used to go vote, sometimes we had very limited options as Democrats, if we had any option at all here in Collin County. And, and now um, it, it's refreshing to see so many bright, young individuals, or bright individuals, period. Sorry, I don't even have to go with age. So many people that just want to go and take charge and really do make a difference, uh, step up and do this. You know, I've heard so many times uh, people will automatically, because we're so divided, they'll automatically, once they pick their candidate, they start attacking the other candidates. And, and I'll just look at them and say, you know, it's okay that we have a good choice. I'm asking you why you're choosing your particular candidate. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the other candidates. I, I was just wondering what issue or what it was. So it, it's okay that we have good choices. Not only is it okay, mm-hmm. that's healthy. Exactly. Uh, we wanted to make it hard on them, you know. Um, you really, I guess we have to, you know, decide. And we did split a lot of families. We have people coming out and being like, oh, I voted for you. But, you know, I've, and then the other person would be like, I voted for you, you know, for, for the couple. Um, and, and that's the way it works. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to make anybody's campaigning uh, negative. Uh, we all have families. We all have lives. I personally do not come from ac- economic wealth, so I still have to work um, full time. And it, it has, you know, I, I know how hard it is for me. I can only imagine how hard it is uh, having children or, you know, you know, a sick family member that you have to take care of. So I, I definitely sympathize, and that's not the kind of campaign I ever want to run. And people know why I'm running, because I want to bring people together. And I think we need to do that in order to accomplish some really difficult tasks uh, that we have lied, lying ahead of us. But I, I don't do the negative. I, I'm not going to talk negatively about uh, my opponent when you know I'm really trying to sell the positives about what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get accomplished. Well, people, I think, always prefer voting for somebody instead of against somebody. That, that, that's a pr- preferred way, but... Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's healthier. Harder, it's harder yeah. that way, in a way. Yeah. So you mentioned, one, we know you're not a millionaire, so, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you, you do have to work full-time. So how do you balance working full-time and running a campaign? And I, I, not, not much of a social life? <laughs> no social life whatsoever. That's when... 
um, I kind of started realizing I was going to win in the runoff was when my personal life just completely, you know, fell off the train. Who knows where it is right now? I'm really just focused on, um, you know, some of my clients that I have at work. So I'm a residential real estate agent, uh, but I've never been, uh, I've always been successful mm-hmm. in my business, but never been uh, someone who's like advertising or anything. It's always been word of mouth, first time home buyers that I'm helping walk through the process that are my friends or been referred to me. And uh, I still do that, but you know, I've been trying to transition as much as I can away from it because I'm doing this campaign full time and I plan on going to Austin and working, you know, those, I think we'll have a special session for redistricting. So uh, that will happen. But when I'm going to be down in Austin, I'm going to be focused on that and making sure that I get everything I can possibly get done accomplished because I want to be able to come back and and talk to people about what I was doing to try to improve the lives of certain individuals and what I was doing to try to solve certain issues uh, that are facing Texans. Uh, okay, so we've never done this before, especially not on the air. But Don't Josh do. is just blushing. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so a- after you win, we'll, we're going to set you up. We, we, yeah, we, we got a potential day for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never done this before. We have never done that on the air. <laughs> um, you, you know, going back to something that you said leading into all this, you said that um, you were being attacked for being Hispanic for your race yeah and I mean that's those are the you know big things like we started knocking on doors and and people were were, were telling us that certain um, people from certain campaigns were coming by and, and mentioning that, that I was an illegal resident oh wow you know things like that or you know that I was called a socialist I even one of my democratic opponents and um, that you know, I was unemployed that I lived with my mother. And, and these are just the kind of things that they are trying to, you know, both sides do, I guess, you know, to try to scare people into into making them think that the person that they are trusting and entrusting is just, just because they're different than them, um, that it makes them, you know, somewhat mm-hmm. scary or not trustworthy as much as, as it should be. But none of those things were true, um, obviously. I, I did stay with my mother for a while when uh, she was um, going through breast cancer treatment, and I think well, you terrible person you. Well, I know. What kind of a I'm terrible person are you? <laughs> I know, but even then, you know, like my when I went and talked to my mother about what was being said, she kind of laughed and she's like, "I wish you lived with me," and that's kind of. You know, it's the Hispanic moms that don't ever really want to let go of their children. Um, and she'll always be around. So uh, I, I appreciate everything she's doing for me. And I just felt bad that she felt someone had mentioned it to her. Uh, so she was worried that it was going to cause some sort of hardship for me in the campaign. But I think most people, um, you know, reject those kind of political tactics and, and, and you know something we've spoken several times now uh, if it's a choice between the campaign and your mother's health you'll take your mother's health you, you know you yeah, have your priorities in, in, in order um, we just have a couple of minutes before we need to take a break but um, Medicare expan- or Medicaid expansion and health care in the state that's an important issue in this race yeah and it's so and it makes me emotional sometimes when I'm talking about it 
because we're giving away billions of dollars in the last decade that belong to the sickest Texans, the people that need it the most. And instead, we see cowardice from our leaders. They refuse because of whatever political line that they have drawn or whoever they're trying to, um, you know, keep engaged or whoever's funding their campaigns, whatever it may be, there is no reason why we should not have extended a Medicaid last decade. And, and, and now it's more important than ever that we make sure we hold everybody accountable, doesn't matter what political party. We need to get it done. People need this. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we are the number one uninsured state in our country. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's, you know, dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, it's just so much foolishness. We get a return on our investment for every dollar that we would spend. Can the legislature overturn the Medicaid ban? Or could, because it's the governors that have been... Uh, deciding whether or not to accept Medicaid expansion, isn't it? For certain, uh, there are certain things yeah. we can do. We can bring it up to, we, we, we can try to convince them. I mean, we, we should let Texans vote then. Let Texans vote whether or not we expand it. Hmm. Let's take it out of the hands of the politicians. If, it needs to, if they need to save faith, we should be able to do that and, and let people decide because we know where it's going to land. No one is foolish enough to, you know, these are our tax dollars. We pay this every year when we file our taxes. That money's supposed to be coming back to us in this Medicaid expansion, and it is not. We're just giving it away to states like California and New York and, and other states that have already decided to expand it. Well, that's not a good idea. Why don't we take our break? <laughs> well, that, but that's what's been going on. I mean, uh, you know, everybody here is laughing, but they're looking at me like I'm out of my mind, which I get that look a lot here. <laughs> but uh, it just makes sense to take federal money to pay for health care rather than paying for it on a county-by-county basis, which is what we're doing right now. Um, you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here with Lauren Landis. Uh, we're trying to set Josh up on a date, and our guest is Lorenzo Sanchez. He is running for Texas House District 67 up in Collin County. We'll be back with more with Lorenzo right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here with Laron Landis, and our guest is Lorenzo Sanchez, who's running for Texas House District 67 up in Collin County. Uh, Laron? As if 2020 couldn't kick us in the gut more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got a real kick in the gut this past Friday. Um, uh, Ruth, uh, U.S. Supreme Court Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away at the age of 87 from pancreatic cancer. not as shocking as it was, it wasn't surprising. No, she's had cancer she said th- three times. This is a third battle with mm-hmm. cancer. Um, and if, if you've ever known anyone with pancreatic cancer, it's, 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 it's a killer and it's quick. Mm-hmm. So I've known three different individuals with pancreatic cancer, and they, none of them lasted beyond a year. They're making lots of progress in research, and there are some new treatments that help somebody live several years longer now mm-hmm. uh, that have been working. So. Right. So 
Very upsetting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it ruined my weekend. Um, and now it has set it's gonna up. It's going to ruin more than your weekend. It's going to ruin more than my weekend because now this has set the stage for an epic battle in the U.S. Senate. Senate um, if they should replace her um, before the election or even shortly after the election. Mm-hmm. But basically to allow whether... We, the current president should be able to do it or not, or stick to the rules that they set back in 2016 when Obama was denied um, Garland merit. They, they wouldn't even give him a hearing because it was in the uh, the last year of his presidency, mm-hmm. though it was 11 months. Now we are less than 60 days away from the election. That's different. And, but yeah, this is different. So it, things are going to get nasty and quick. L- Lorenzo, what did uh, RBG mean to you? It means so much. You know, it, I don't like to put a lot of, you know, emotion or a political stock into other political figures because everyone's human and everyone has their flaws. Uh, and, and, and I I didn't I couldn't imagine the feeling that I would feel uh, when I heard of her passing. My phone started going off and I started seeing what was happening on Twitter and I was just looking for, you know, a reputable source as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. I needed to find a reporter, you know, someone I trusted uh, to be tweeting about it before um, I knew it was true, and then I started seeing those come in, and I was devastated. It was I had two volunteers. Um, we don't really, you know, congregate that much, but we we do have sometimes a team meeting or call time or something where we're trying to get something accomplished. And the tears just started flowing. I needed to to be a comfort to my mm-hmm. team, let them know it's going to be all right. And I am still so devastated. Yeah, same here. Do you know, it's not always that somebody who's passed away, they did something for you personally. You're married, right, Lauren? I am married. You know, I was married. uh, uh, My my husband passed away eight months and 27 days after our wedding. Uh, But I was married, and uh, my wedding day was one of the happiest days of my life. Kennedy gets the credit for having written the Obergefell decision, but without... RBG's vote in favor of his decision, it wouldn't have happened. And her hand fingerprints are all over that decision. Yep. Uh, I mean, she she was in on the writing of that as well. Uh, so, so many, yeah. Yeah, the fact that we were married is directly a re- in response to something that she did for us. All right. So yeah. And it was the same thing with, we went to a vigil last night. I was hearing uh, Mark Ferris speak um, and him and his uh, uh, partner, Vic Holmes, and, and how they were married um, solely because of that. And, you know, you know that, that so many decisions uh, that we might not even be aware of that affect our daily lives are because uh, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And mm-hmm. um, we, we just lost a, a real... Uh, Icon. I mean, this it, it is a huge loss for for our country, and and it's only you know doubled down my mentality that we have to go and work hard, and then, you know, fighting what Beto said. No one's going to come and save us. We are going to have to do it ourselves. We are the cavalry. You know, we are going to have to get out there and and, and make sure that we uh, can live up to her legacy by getting people out to vote by donating to candidates who we believe in 
and, and let's try to take our country back in, in her honor and, and her legacy will live on forever. So Lorenzo's goal is about $400 million to replace being able to go out and knock on doors. <laughs> uh, if anybody would like to donate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say, say $400 million. We are limiting people on personal contributions. That's kind of unheard of in Texas, and we're not accepting new corporate PAC money, which is also really unheard of. I'm against a very well-funded competitor, but we're getting over a thousand donations a day, mm. small dollar contributions. I think our average is under $20. Every dollar matters in a race like this, um, especially since it's just so important that we get this seat won. Um, it, it is important for the Democratic Party. It's important for Texas. It's important for our nation. Do you know one of the things that is so disappointing about what's going on with the COVID uh, virus one of my favorite things to do is go down to Austin on Inauguration Day and watch everybody get sworn in. And there's not going to be any guests in the, in the gallery this year. I wonder if press is going to be allowed in. I guess press will be allowed. Press, are, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going. Yeah, you should, as you should. Yeah, yeah. So is the next show here, Josh? Not yet? Okay. They, they usually walk in right at 10 of. Uh, so we do need to wrap this up a little bit. Um, just one other thing, a uh, couple of other little things. Uh, one of your um, I issues is education. You're for it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Like I said, they've given me everything. And I, I know it's hard for people to understand, but I was raised in you know, a Hispanic household. English was my first language. I had to learn English in school. Um, you know, I lived in a very, you know, Hispanic community wow. that was exposed to. So these teachers really poured their heart and soul into me mm -hmm. uh, to, to be able to give me the opportunity to be doing something like this. And I just think we need to take care of our teachers and, you know, fulfill the promises we have um, as far as their pensions are concerned. Our retired teachers haven't seen a cost of living increase in over 16 years. This, I mean, uh, we, we just can't continue to follow down this path. We need to continue to invest in our students. This is an investment uh, that we know we get a, a return on. And, and every generation that is not getting, you know, the full advantage and the full resources that we should be putting into it, it's just, you know, we're robbing them. Uh, right now, our governor rather spend money paying federal fines for not properly funding public education and special needs public education programs. And I think that's a waste of money, obviously, and it's inhumane, and it's not the morals. Uh, I don't think it fits the moral standards of what Texans want either. Well, Lorenzo, thank you so much. Um, please come back. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really, really do appreciate everything everyone is doing to try to bring a spotlight to these races throughout the country and our state that are going to be so important uh, for the future direction of our political landscape in Texas and, and throughout our country. And because of equal time requirements, um, uh, and we'd love to have him on. Jeff Leach uh, is your opponent, and if he would like to come on, we will certainly give him time on the air. 
And I want to remind our listeners, if you haven't registered to vote yet, you have until October 5th, and you can early, early voting starts on October 13th. So don't forget that. Go register to vote. I'm lining up on October 12th. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends, you know, in Collin County, it is no longer a solidly Republican county. Your vote makes a difference. Go out and vote. Mm-hmm. Find someone. Take them with you or, right. or call them and, and, you know, tell them to get to the polls and, and don't stop calling them until they confirm that they have cast their ballot. And I understand Collin County is doing what Dallas County did, where you can vote at any uh, any polling place within your county. During early voting. Go anywhere early. Early voting. Visit the election website. At is it just County early voting that you can do that at? From my understanding, yes. Okay, in Dallas County on Election Day, you can vote any polling place. As, I'm as of, sure you can do that in Collin County as well. I, I think they, oh, okay. I think Collin County changed it as well uh, also. Um, for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, our guest next week uh, is... No, Scott Pogansey, who, uh, because of the phones, we couldn't get him on. So did you reschedule him? Yeah, but not next week, the week after. I don't remember who our guest is, Okay, which is becoming normal. Um, <laughs> Lorenzo, thank you for being Thanks, with us. Thanks, Lorenzo. And for all of us here at Lambda Thanks, Weekly, we're going out with some music from um, LaDonna Getz.